Oh yeah, Spence, I couldn't be more stoked to be back again with you in studio reporting that Ventura Forward podcast. We're always searching for the tasty waves, the hot tunes, fun in the sun, that righteous food, and all the news across the 805. We've been getting after our fun segments and over the weekend to bring our journalistic point of view to Ventura. Spence, how you feeling? Feeling good. Number 22 for us right now. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey, throw down came through. 2,000 people, Cornhole Tournament, John, Spencer McKenzie's. We wrap up about 30 seconds in our weekend, and Spence, it was so fun down there. It was really good. And the other thing that's great about it, everybody was from somewhere else. Absolutely. You know, I, we interviewed some people at Ventura Ford, you know, whether it was Indiana, Maryland, Virginia, the Dakotas, and what a great group of people to have over 2,200 cornhole players breaking the world record. The Guinness Book wasn't there to register it, but we know John set the record. ESPN was there. CBS Sports was there. Shout out to the Throwdown and Spencer McKenzie's. And the other side of it is we had one person who tried to mock us. I was wearing a, a Dodger jersey that you let me have, and you had a Clippers, and she said, you look like tourists. <laughs> you know L.A. is this way, right? <laughs> you, know, you know we're Dodger fans, but that was funny. Uh, but we were represented locally and had a really good time doing it. You put in three days, though, so you had fun. Absolutely, Spence. You know, we met great people down there. Like, we have great people in our studio today. And we're more excited today, now moving forward from, of course, the Cornhole Tournament, into our interview today. We're getting a little more serious, Spence, because those elections are coming up. City Council is here. Did you know that ballots drop on October 9th this year? Interesting, right? We're, the election is 30 days away. October 9th is when I'm going to get my ballot. Yes, in the mail. So we're going to have over a 30-day period. The state has these new rules. So you can get your ballot on October and then have all the way to the first week of November. So the election will almost be 30 days. Very unique. So that's why we're doing these interviews soon and hot. Want to keep the people knowledgeable, know who they're speaking with. And the great thing about this format is it's not a five or ten minute interview. We get to go in depth, a deep dive, if you will, into each person that we have here. And uh, today our guest is Miss Helen Annoyan. Great, amazing young lady stepping out. Helen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me today, you guys. You know what? Thank you for coming in because out of our interviews, we have a, maybe a little bit of connection. But today, our relationship is newer. You've moved to the community a few years ago. You've stepped up, up in the meetings, and you've really put yourself out there to be a leader. I want to say, first of all, thank you for doing that. And we're here today to learn a little bit more about you, how you vibe, and how you share that stoke. So if we can get started with that, have you been listening to a few of our podcasts and to Ventura Forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've caught a couple episodes and I, I have to say you guys do a really great job and I look forward to reviewing all the episodes and future ones. Oh, I love that. And, you know, if the interviews start off about sharing that stoke. What inside you is burning to make you feel special? We all share that vibe of Ventura, the 805. When did you realize that you had that vibe and that you wanted to kind of inflame your stoke because if you're running for city council you're putting yourself out there as a leadership role you must have a huge flame burning inside give us a little bit about when you recognize that you had fire inside your belly to represent the people of ventura you know um for me i want to say it was pretty young when i was a little girl i always said that i wanted to be president or be an elected and um you know that was something that i want to say my dad inspired in me because i'm a daughter of refugees from the Soviet Union. And, you know, it's, um, he would remind me every day how blessed I was to be living in this country, um, the beauty of democracy and how we can elect people who represent us. And, you know, this is my first step 
representing Ventura, representing the community members that I've gotten to know and love. And, you know, I just think that fire from me comes from within, from my upbringing, but also, you know, acknowledging that I have a skill set and expertise that I can offer to the public that um, could be worthwhile. Excellent. Um, what skill set right there do you believe that would be? Uh, you're a young lady, you're 27 years old. We just talked mm -hmm. about that leadership at a young age is super special. You know, I thought I was younger, kind of getting involved around my mid 30s, but here you're in your 20s. Right. And that's super cool uh, to think about the youth because you go to a lot of these community meetings, it's, you know, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and there's not a lot of young representation. So I love that fire inside that you recognized it early. Where, real fast, where'd you kind of grow up and uh, were you involved at, at high school in leadership? Yeah, so I grew up at, kind of all over the place. So I was born in Van Nuys, moved around a lot. I ended up in Thousand Oaks, um, spent probably over a decade there. And then I came to Ventura about five years ago. Um, you know, I think that um, the leadership aspect, you know, I was put in leadership classes. Um, through my work, I've assumed a leadership role with the projects that I work on. And, you know, after doing very hard work and land use consulting you know a lot of the times the developer can't even go through the process because it's so difficult and i'm the one that guides them through it so after accomplishing all of these things that i thought were hard previously you know looking at city council and the decisions that are made you know these are all things that i that i already participate in and i know that world very very well um also through my graduate program you know i was kind i experience a wide range of uh, public sector departments, how things work. And, um, you know, that kind of reignited the fire in me to pursue that role as an elected. I like it, Spence. You see how this knowledge and this experience is coming in a young lady? I'm appreciating this. I was flag monitor at Glenwood Elementary School. That's where my uh, political fire was stoked. <laughs> the first time. That was really the only gig I had that was any level of leadership. I wasn't that guy. So it's nice to hear when it comes through. Outside yeah. of sports, I, I didn't get involved in anything like, I just nothing. Politics I, within the school, did you ever? I did, you know, I didn't even know what ASB was doing in there. I was like, what are you guys doing? Assi assistant student body, what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. I'm worried about the ladies, sports, you know, where's the party at? I was blind then. My parents weren't easily as structured as hell and they were doing their own thing as well. So it shows you the importance of parents and guidance to kind of create those opportunities, maybe putting a little wood in your fire, mm -hmm. right? Your parents can't start that fire, but they can definitely provide the kindling. And right. it sounds like your parents did a great job at that. Growing up, you said you graduated from what high school? Uh, Westlake High School. Westlake High School, the, right. the Warriors? The Warriors. The what year? Um, uh, oh man, 2013. 2013, yeah. and then soon after that, did you go to college directly after that? Right, so I went to Channel Islands and I uh, earned a Bachelor of Science in Environmental Science and Resource Management. What was what was your dream? Like when you got out of uh, high school, you're like, I want to be this. And did that match your degree? And is, is that where you're at now? Or did you kind of change a little bit? Um, you know, I wasn't sure. I kind of wanted to be a doctor when I was in high school. I was really interested in medicine and healthcare. Um, and then I went to college and I was like, you know, I love biology. I'm really great at it, but I'm kind of missing that business aspect and interaction with the public. Mm -hmm. So then I, I switched from a bio major to environmental science. And um, it wasn't until my last semester of my senior year in college where I decided, yes, I wanna be a land use consultant because I had taken a land use management class. And I was like, this is everything I wanna do. Land use management. Mm -hmm. 
I liked it because you know it's so the land is so unique here. I talked about it yesterday at the public meeting that we were mm-hmm. at. You're very actively involved in public meetings. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. But you know they say a quaint beach town, but we're that beach town with agriculture. Right. You know, like where can you get a good rideable wave, a cool town, and also agriculture? I was thinking about it, Spence. Can you think of anywhere else in the state of California? Can I get that combination? No, I, this is unique here, very much so. Uh, the, just the whole landscape. We always talk about like this heat wave we're going to. You'll be at about 80 degrees on the beach in Ventura during this warm weather. And if you go to Ojai, it'll be 108. So right. the, the level of change, and that's a, a degree per mile yeah. as you go out there. So we have such a unique area here in Ventura uh, being the hub of it all. And within that land use management, mm-hmm. how does that specifically get to the 805 to what really, you know, stoked that fire again? What within the land management really made you excited? Um, you know, it made me excited because there's so many areas of opportunity. Like when we look at land use, we look at existing uses. So I'll take, for example, my district, District 1 um, includes the west side, which has a very strong industrial zone um, presence there. And that's unique in the county. There's not a lot of industrial areas. Um, So that provides an opportunity for kind of an incubator kind of zone for, you know, sustainable tech, uh, research and development, um, training people to be highly skilled and kind of join the workforce. Um, And it's just, you know, you think of land use management, things that, you know, you're doing in the community, but it's really an opportunity. Like, how can I use the strengths in this community um, to propel it forward. And, you know, I look at kind of like an artist draws a beautiful picture, you Uh know, land use, you you can lay out the framework for a beautiful community. And whether it be improving sidewalks or putting up um, an affordable housing development or just, you know, simply allocating more green areas, it, you know, makes a really palpable difference in our community. And that's what I appreciate about land use. Yeah, now that's a very interesting point because with District 1, with the oil fields there, the industrial, mm-hmm. this, that point of town kind of got founded in the city of Ventura. It wasn't about the housing as much. It was more about the businesses right. that were going on there. And now that it, we're evolving, more people are moving in. We're talking about the, the environmental effects, you know, maybe the health concerns that right. communities have had. Do you believe that your experience and your expertise gives you an advantage to be the leader in District 1? Uh, yes, I, I certainly believe that. Um, For example, you know, I know exactly who to call to get the facts and the information regarding pollutants in our community. I know exactly where they're coming from. I know what the issues are. Um, I know what the solutions could kind of look like. But I mean, the other beautiful part about land use and planning is that it's a collaborative process and um, it requires the whole community coming together to solve a problem. And I think you know, by virtue of the fact that I'm a very open individual, doesn't matter if you agree or disagree, my door is always open for you and I'm here to talk and work things out. Um, you know, I'm the perfect person to kind of facilitate that coalition building um, and solution making. And just to kind of give the brief overview for people that are listening, land use management doesn't just mean development. No. It doesn't mean see a piece of land, let's find out how to develop it. It goes for parks, for schools, right. for spaces, obviously for building housing. Yes. So it all goes with all that creation. Yes. Uh, what would be the one specific thing in the avenue that you see? We maybe want to be your first attention things. Like if you go for the election and you win, mm-hmm. what would be one of the first things that you would use your land uh, management skills for to kind of maybe help enhance or improve on the avenue? 
Yeah, so I think the we should really pursue the low-hanging fruit, which would be placemaking. So um, whether it's more inclusion of community art, uh, more trees, better lighting, um, kind of just building up that community character, also greening the alleyways. I don't know if you guys have been down District 1 alleyways. They're a little rough. They need some um, TLC. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, those are areas that are dilapidated but have lots of promise. We could turn those into areas where you know, maybe have some benches, some more greenery and make it, you know, just a place you don't just drive by, but you could spend some time, get to know your neighbors and, you know, build up those relationships. She's starting off hot here, Spence, giving us the facts about the details of how she can improve the avenue. We're hanging out with Helen Aloyan, District 1 City Council candidate. We got to shout our sponsors out real fast. We had a great music coming in with Ray Fresco, always bringing those beats. Appreciate that, Sean, Roger and the boys. Let's get into some Arsenal comic stuff. Ventura Music Hall, Pizza Man Dan, Ventura Real Estate Company, Mountain Doll, and X5O will all have their special questions coming up. We want to give them a quick shout right now. As we get into Helen's, a little bit about her passion. We always talk about where it came from, right? And mm -hmm. your parents, a little bit about, we learned last week with Bill McReynolds as his mom called in and had a cool thing where his mom was from Ecuador and he talks to her every day. We had a chance yesterday in a meeting to talk about how you speak with your mother every day. Oh yeah. And the amazing relationship that you have with your parents. But give us a little bit about where your parents came from and their road to getting to Southern California. Sure, so um, my parents are from Armenia. Um, at the time when they immigrated here, it was the Soviet Union. So, um, you know, they grew up in kind of the capital, Yerevan. My dad went to Moscow for university. Um, you know, they had to have two children so my dad could opt out of joining the Soviet Army. Therefore, so I have two siblings. Um, oh, sorry, hold on a second. Uh -huh. In Russia, yes. if you have one child, you're supposed to go to and be yeah. in the Army? You would have to enlist. You have to enlist. Yes. But if you have two children... I guess you, there's an opt out for that. Very interesting. Yes. And they're doing another thing to increase the population because Russia has the issue with an aging population mm -hmm. and they're not having enough kids. They're actually doing a two, three, four, five, six, and yes, seven children family deal to, uh, you know, sponsor, if you will, more children in Russia. So this wow. has been going on for a bit. Yeah. Smart dad. Yeah. So and, you know, it was very tough for them because my dad was um, a physicist and he wanted to leave like somehow, you know, during the genocide, my family had made it um, to the U.S., but then they went back because they had heard about the Soviet Union and how promising it was. So um, luckily, my family kept the paperwork that his father was born in the United States so he could, you know, have access to come back. So but your grandfather was born in the States? He was born in Maine. And what year? Do you know what year, year that was? Um, I can't remember. Off the, it would be the 30s. And you mentioned the genocide. Yeah. Spence, fill me in on your history here. This is like during World War One, a bunch of the Russians left Russia and were welcomed over the United States. Is that how that worked, Helen? So um, the Soviet Union began just, you know, conquering areas. So Armenia became basically a satellite country and a part of the Soviet Union. Okay. And, and, your, and your grandfather had a... Oh, sorry. The genocide, I have to say, is when the Turkish, um, you know, they came. It's actually very, very sad because both um, my mom and my dad's side both had impacts. You know, people, they were burning down playgrounds. And um, my grandparents, my great grandpa, actually had to run into the forest when he was like five years old and then was found by a nice Turkish family and kind of taken in from there. And I have stories like that from both sides of my family. Uh -huh. So um, that was the genocide. And then um, when they grew up a little bit, 
they end up coming to the U.S. Okay, yeah. what a story of resilience and perseverance for the American dream. And you can see it in your face now. I know we're on studio, but you can see that how that perseverance of mm -hmm. wanting to be free and wanting to be part of, of an open democracy really might have got you that extra passion that you needed to kind of see it early, like you're talking about, to be involved at a young age. It's a new generation. Do you call yourself a millennial? I do. She's a millennial, Spence, and she's proud, which is good. What are you, Spence? Ah, oh, boomer. Come on. All right. Gen <laughs> X. Okay, boomer. Gen X right here, loud and proud. We've got three distinct generations talking about Ventura Forward. And so your parents came back to the United States. Where did they land when they came? Where, where did they end up settling when they came back? Uh, they were in L.A. Oh. Um, we actually, so my parents, you know, didn't have any money. They had $47. A good chunk of it was spent on bananas in the airport because my brother had never, like, experienced bananas before or something. So they ended up staying um, in a house with a bunch of my family members, super cramped, but, you know, got my my dad got a job at a gas station and just worked his way up from there i like it there the american dream happened quick and here she is a product of a great family members getting that perseverance of just really pushing forward and not giving up and i'm stoked about that because that's the american dream spence no matter what we talked about when we get here we still have something in common and one of the things that people don't realize when you come from countries like russia if you go into a store bring somebody in from russia into a market here they'll start crying because mm -hmm. there's four kinds of apples. There, there's not sometimes one kind of apple. Bananas, you know, you mm -hmm. look at raspberries for crying out loud. Yeah. It's like, what? You know, and you, you go to aerobics and people go and it's, you can do what? It's, we're so spoiled by what is absolutely our norm. Other countries are absolutely floored by the amount of goodness that we have here. And as we went back to the farming community of Ventura, it's all because uh, we're one of the bread baskets for all of that. So when you hear things like banana stories, it's like eating candy. Mm -hmm. uh, people look at this and they say, what is, they've just never had that enjoyment. You're right, Spence. And sometimes I wish we could instill that same, that pride of what we have in our community so our youth understands that. I think that's the biggest thing that we have in Southern California is how lucky we are and how we can share that but we've got things to do. We can get better, we can enhance it better. And speaking of some of our spoils, let's talk about that right now with our sponsors because man, who doesn't love reading comic books? Okay. And if you're getting a comic book, you go to Arsenal Comics, you check out Timmy Haig and his staff down there. And Helen, growing up in the LA area, did you read comic books at all? So I didn't read comic books. I'm actually wanting to get into that now. Um, but I would, you know, watch the movie versions of the comic books. Who's your favorite superhero character? That's a great question. That's to be determined, I think. Mm. I loved Spider-Man, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that anymore. Did you see Have the you scene? She-Hulk yet? No, I haven't. You must. Okay. She-Hulk, is that a newer movie? Oh, it's, it's on the Disney Channel. Really? It's awesome. Like the it. Hulk is my favorite. Hulk? I love the smart guy who can totally flip out and smash things. <laughs> That's the beauty of the Hulk. He goes from being the genius of the planet to I'm just going to break stuff. And I the She-Hulk is that, but with a brain. Right. So when She-Hulk's out, wow. yeah, you got to see it. It's very clever, yeah. and it's funny. The kids love it. Yeah, it's, and the great part of it is it's funny, too. She-Hulk. Yeah. Did you have a chance to see the comic book with Spider-Man at the Two Trees? Yes, I bought it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so cool. Chalk it up, Timmy. Let's go. All right, moving to the Ventura Music Hall, the great venue on Thompson Boulevard. You know we can give away free tickets to all of our listeners whenever you want, so Helen, please reach out for tickets there. When's the last time you've went to a concert live? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. Um, 
it might have been like DJ Quick at um, some venue in Westlake, but I haven't been to a concert in quite some time. DJ Quick kind of hit my heartstrings there. The North uh, <laughs> North Cali rapper coming tight. Okay, so she's been busy working, not going to too many concerts. So three or four years ago, five years ago, mm-hmm. we got to get you out more than Ventura Music Hall. Text me, we'll get you some tickets. All right, we're going Pizza Man Dan. Pizza Man Dan loves his pizza. So when you go into the pizza parlor, what are you putting on your pizza? Veggie pizza with pineapple. Ve- veggie pizza. She prompted the pineapple for you, Spence. Pineapple. Anti-pineapple people must really sit down and think about what they're saying. <laughs> I pineapple <concur. laughs> is great. Pineapple is great. Oh, you're talking about bananas, pineapples, throw a little coconut. We're going to have a couple pina coladas in here right now. I'm getting tasty with these waves, sharing the stoke with Helen. Uh, One of our proud sponsors loves to know cool people. Derek Turner and his crew, the coolest people in town, Ventura Real Estate Company, given those facts about real estate. Give us three names that we might know or might not know that you feel are the coolest people in the city of Ventura. Okay, so... First person, definitely Jackie Pierce. Um, I've been working with the Westside Community Development Corporation for a little while now. And um, honestly, she's just a big inspiration. Everything she does for the community is um, is really, you know, helps light the fire, so to speak. And um, she's kind of like a mentor to me in a way. And I really appreciate everything that she does for our community. Um, the second person, he's gonna hate that I'm saying his name right now, but it's Pete Freeman. Pete Freeman is a resource and he has fantastic ideas and he's always prepared and I appreciate that so much and um, he's just a force to be reckoned with. Pete, my buddy, you got called out. He is trying to lay low, doesn't he? He does. He he, he could have maybe ran for city council. I told him that last night after the meeting. I was like, you know what? If you had run, I would have thrown all my support behind you. And he's like, nope, not for me. So if Pete would have run, interesting. Okay, because you know we've had Liz in District mm-hmm. 1. We're yeah. going to go over that. I just went out the other day and saw that Marcos Marco Cuevas. Mm-hmm. He has a few of his signs out. He sure does. So he's the first one to get those first political signs out, Spence. So that was very interesting. Okay, cool person number three. Um, I'd have to say after last night's meeting, it's going to be Curtis Cormain. I just, I really, um, Curtis has done a couple renderings for some projects that I've worked on. They're beautiful. He um, loves to help. You know, he's teaching at the college architecture. And, um, you know, I'm not an architect. I work very closely with architects. So I appreciate all of the, the wisdom and expertise he has to offer me. Wow, Curtis, and he's new on the design review committee. Right. You guys also hang out at a coffee at, at the Palermo, coffee club. Palermo yeah. which, you know, is a open conversation to come hang out every Saturday morning to get down there. Hopefully I'm not exposing too much of the Sousa Palooza crew, but hey, <laughs> you guys are sitting on the public street, Spence, so what else are you going to say about that? And that right. was a long-running Sousa. That was one of her favorite things. It was awesome. That was her Sousa, and you gave me the one word. She said, Spencer, follow the process. Right. She says, you will get nothing done with your energy or what you do or who you are if you don't learn the process. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best advice. And it was one of those moments when someone like gives you something and you don't know why they're giving it to you, but you hold on to it anyway. It took me maybe two years to figure it out. Yeah, the teacher arrives when the student is ready. Something like that. Teacher arrives when the teacher student arrives is ready. Student. And here I am hanging out with my mentor, Tom Spence in yeah, the studio. Look at Come on. All right, Helen. Mountain Doll, one of our biggest and longest mm-hmm. sponsors here, wants to know, mm-hmm. when you get out in the doors in this great 805, what activity do you like to do? 
Um, you know, I just like to take a walk um, all around the neighborhood. I usually go by Kellogg Park, get some fruit, <laughs> eat uh, that there, go around, visit like some of the local stores, and then I'll walk all the way to the pier, get my steps in. And I just like being out in the community. You know, it doesn't really take much for me to be happy out there. Awesome. And the walkability, you prefer maybe to stay within the city. Yeah. You're saying more of that opposed to heading to like Harmon or going to the beach. Yeah. You find yourself being able to relief give that relief of uh, of the day even within the city right yeah and you know i walk everywhere i walk to work i walk to the farmer's market for my groceries i try to not use my car as much as i can and um even when i'm walking down the street on my days off you know i'm like ooh, this is a good idea for creative place making and we can do this and i take pictures and make notes and it's just kind of it's fun it's a passion of mine and i think you know it's i enjoy it very much that's awesome you know because it gets you to learn the community you have to be in the community right. to learn it uh i've had that experience for the last four or five years just being there and being there and before you know it you might be there for a different reason but then you find out what was the purpose you were supposed to be there and you have to have your chin up to find that out that's kind of that ventura ford vibe uh so good job kind of hanging out in the community and seeing more of that and that goes right into our next sponsor at the X5O. Mr. X5O High Security Detail wants to know, if you had one thing to improve right now in the city of Ventura, what would it be? Um, I think it would be the collaboration with the community, kind of bringing that earlier in the process and just disclosing more information. Um, I'm, I saw you at the Tuesday night meeting as well. You know, and I went home and I was thinking about that all night. And I was like, you know, companies have company calls every month. What if we just have a meeting like that with the city where the departments come in and just give us the info, what the status is, what the problems are, you know, potential solutions, and then have public comment. So people who do want to talk about water or traffic or emergency preparedness can get looped in on these meetings and just be more aware for when the next time they come to a meeting, they don't have to be distracted by different issues. Yeah, it was almost like a town hall open forum with the commissioners there. You know, they, ha they opened up the microphone to allow people to talk, and it was like 20 questions. Now, some community members didn't understand the difference between a question and a comment, which <laughs> was funny. But we're learning, you right. know, and even you make mistakes, you pick them back up. Uh, the community here in Ventura doesn't always do that best from the government standpoint. So you're saying get the government involved in the process earlier so the residents don't feel like all of a sudden it's too late in the process. Yeah, give give the people a chance to be heard and voice their opinions. You know, I think, um, you know, the government, the city staff, they work for to serve us essentially. And um, I just don't see how they could effectively do that if they don't hear us more regularly. And, um, you know, our community, is very you know thirsty for that kind of opportunity and I think it's a good opportunity to collaborate with other local groups like you know we could partner with the chamber to have a business sponsor maybe some food so if it's in the evening people who work multiple jobs you know don't have to miss dinner uh -huh. um, we can you know coordinate with the neighborhood councils to see mm -hmm. what are the top issues in the communities and then have that department come in and address it like, I think we can really do a lot better with our outreach and collaboration with the community. X5Os and appreciate that testimony. Getting people more involved, get on the ground level, maybe even almost, you're kind of describing almost like a roving mm -hmm. community council meet and greet by the city. Right. You know, not just be there when there's something to talk about. You know, sometimes the city does a great job showing up and there's a topic coming up. But... I love the attitude, too, of being proactive, not reactive. Exactly. We've been that way for a long time in this city. We've got to look at proactivity 
and not just reacting all the time. So I, I definitely concur with your thought there about getting people more involved. Spence, when's the last time you've been to a public meeting? It's been a long time because of the COVID thing. I was starting to kick in a little bit, but wow, it's... Um I have not. I feel every morning, Monday through Friday, five to nine, yeah. we do somewhat of a public meeting. But actually, putting my face in front of people, hmm. yeah, I do not get a good grade there right now. You know, and that was on it was with two meetings this week. There was about three hundred people there on Monday, about a hundred there on Tuesday. So the people are proving that with the pandemic in the past, getting a little. If you want to wear your mask, wear your mask. When you make a public comment, take it off, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you can't really hear you too well. But no, get out there and be involved and make yourself vulnerable because when you make yourself vulnerable, when you put yourself out there, you learn. And you actually inspire others. There was a woman that went there and she was very uncomfortable. She just kind of wanted to let herself go, but she was being vibed by everybody else, making them feel that their insecure not to say insecurities, but their uh, lack of knowledge or their lack of awareness she wasn't alone and when you feel like you're not alone that's when you build community so i really appreciate that um during right now you talked about your job downtown maybe give us a little bit about who you're working for and what are some of your daily tasks at your job that you're accomplishing sure so i work for sespe consulting um down in downtown area so you know i do a lot of project management type things keeping track of development projects or just whatever um, operations are going on in specific sites. You know, I'm more of the environmental compliance person. So there's, I don't know if you've seen permits lately, but there's usually 20 pages of all these different rules you have to follow. And it is my duty to make sure everyone's following those rules. So, you know, I have clients call me up all the time and say, hey, um, so what do I do if I want to do this in near this stream? And I'll say, let me pull up page 34 of your regional board permit, you know, and um, give them advice. And then I do a lot of um, coordination with county staff to make sure, you know, the regulatory process makes sense and that's something we can accomplish. Um, when they say jump, I jump as high as I can, you know, and kind of just regulating the shifting goal uh, posts and obstacles to, um, to benefit my clients, essentially. That's good because not only are you helping your clients, you're making a paycheck, you're also learning more about your community. Exactly. You yeah. know, you find that you're like, oh, maybe I don't know about this project. Then you dive a little bit deeper into that process and then you're probably divulging some information that could be beneficial back to as a leader. Yeah. Do you feel that your job as, as and Setsby Consultant, give me their main, what, what would their mission statement be? Or what's their um, main focus of business? You know, they're primarily environmental compliance services. They We have engineers as well and geologists, um, planners, um, and, you know, it's just compliance, safety, um, protecting the environment while, you know, doing, you know, primarily we work on commercial and industrial uses. Mm-hmm. So making sure, you know, people are safe, communities are safe, projects are safe. You know what, Spence, no matter what happens, her knowledge and what she's learning is going to be a valuable asset to the, to the community. If people only knew. Just open a business, go out and try to do something and see the permitting that Mm -hmm. is involved. And it's really, well, I'll be careful. It's a good thing that we have so much permitting because we have to protect the environment. But the other thing is we can't stunt business. Exactly. And a lot of people out there, and I was part of one once, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, the month, the year, you just throw up your arms, walk away and say, these people hate me when you're a business. So there's that pushback. You know, we love the idea that we're protecting many things, public safety. But on the other hand, people are fleeing California because they feel like, oh, good, another regulation. You know, we see and hear it all the time. Do you get a lot of that? 
I do. And, you know, I do a lot of, um, there's a lot of quick problems that I can solve for people who just call this SB line. Maybe it's not, you know, doesn't require a full contract with our, with our group, but, you know, I'll say, maybe you should CC this person and you'll get a response or, um, that particular permit requires X, Y, and Z. You could do that very cheaply and like, feel free to call me if you have any issues because, you know, our economic development and vitality is directly related to housing and all these different projects we want to work on. It's important that we protect our businesses. And that's the other beautiful part about land use is that we can really facilitate um, the growth and new, new businesses in our community by just um, allowing them to be there. Or just, you know, whether it's the design of the outside, kind of making that a more streamlined process so they don't get hung up on the little things and decide to, like you said, throw up their arms and leave. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And we're in studio again, having a great time with Helen. And we're creeping along here 30 minutes through, just having an amazing time. Let's get into what we call a little bit of the brass tacks, okay? Mm -hmm. You're running for council. District one, for us old schools, it's the avenue. Mm -hmm. For us new, for new schoolers, you call it the west side, mm -hmm. okay? Let's bring that together because as we learned a little bit about who you are, how you feel your fire, you're sharing the stoke. Let's talk about how you're gonna move it forward. Let's talk about two things that we talk about in studio here a lot. It's your motive and your agenda. Your motive is what you're, you're passionate about, right? What kind of gives you that motivation to be a leader. And then the agenda is what you're gonna do in place to make the motive, your motive happen. So if we could start there, because we believe at Ventura Forward, if we can identify your motive and your agenda, we now know who we can vote for and identify who's the best candidate to vote for. You might not agree with everybody. You right. might not be eye to eye on every topic. But if we know your motive and what your agenda was trying to accomplish, it gives a really big blueprint to understand who we're putting that vote on. Because we know in America, the most important thing we have is our vote, right? It's our vote. It's our voice and our vote. So would you maybe describe a little bit of your motive that had you run for city council? Sure. I think my motive is primarily... Um, the feeling that I can serve my community with, like I said, my experience, my education. And I just have this intrinsic desire to leave something behind that's better than, you know, what I'm experiencing now for future generations. Um, I don't know if it's like a legacy. It doesn't even have to have my name on it. But if I always say if I can just make a change in one person's life, like I can die happy. <laughs> you know? Have you done that yet? I hope so. I feel I feel like I've helped a lot of people, um, but you know, you never know. And I'm always, I'm gonna keep trying as much as I can. And you know, I have so much that I can offer to this world and I'm just pledging my life of service essentially to my community. Thank you for doing that and being mm -hmm. honest about that and, and being able to recognize that so early at a younger age is very important. So now that we know that you're a little bit of your motive, talk about your proactiveness. You talked about how you wanted to be proactive with things. What are some of the top items on your agenda that you're looking to get accomplished right away on the district, district one on the avenue? So I'm hoping that the collaboration aspect, we can kind of embed that in the planning process. So as you may know, you know, notification cards for projects go out just before the hearing, 300 feet. Those residents usually get notified. I really think there should be um, an earlier opportunity for commenting on a project when it's deemed complete before it goes through the environmental phase because, I mean, 
I don't know, but I don't think that any city staff will redo an EIR or environmental analysis because of what they heard in public comment. Like, I just don't see that happening. Maybe they might adjust a few things, but I think the opportunity that we need to seize is earlier and we need to provide our residents that opportunity to just comment on those projects. Um, and that's something I think we can get done in, you know, in the short term. That's, and then it will make a, such a big impact because right now it's us versus them and them being our other community members. We don't need to divide ourselves. We can just, you know, sit around a table and have a genuine discussion about what our concerns are, what our goals are, and work through them as a community. And I think that will relieve a lot of pressure while we solve this housing crisis. I'm hearing community collaboration, community openness. What's, what else is on your agenda? So that's actually my number two item is um, like fair and affordable housing. And, you know, I think we're going to make a lot of progress just having that. But, you know, also coordinating with other groups, um, whether it be labor unions or nonprofit developers, city staff, private developers, um, we can forge solutions that are lower density and fit with our community character to help solve this housing affordability crisis. Um, so that's my number two. My first platform item is safety. So whether it be safely crossing the streets, whether it be evacuating during times of a natural disaster, you know, lighting is a safety issue, um, you know, just addressing all of these um, foundational requirements for us to feel comfortable in our neighborhood. Uh, during the Thomas fire, you know, it took a very long time for people to evacuate. So we need to think about that before we add a lot more um, population into our district and how that's going to impact our neighborhood. Um, look critically at our infrastructure, see how things are moving. If we really want to be a sustainable neighborhood, we need to start planning, you know, ways to encourage public transit or other options that are better for the environment and, um, you know, get people around more safely. And, um, you know, it's kind of underrated, but safety whether it, like I said, the sidewalks, just being on the street, times of crisis, it's, it's something that we need to keep thinking about continuously because it's been you know five years since the Thomas fire and I haven't seen much progress. Go hyper-focus for me mm -hmm. right now on the west side. What would you change to create better safety right away? Like what street, what is it? Yeah, so there's a couple of streets that we've identified that are, you know, I think Simpson has a crosswalk, but, you know, the more we can include the flashing crosswalk signs so people can visually be alerted when there's a pedestrian, that would be better. You know, we worked hard with um, city staff earlier this year with Pete Freeman um, to amend the sidewalk program to increase or um, kind of replace the lighting that's substandard on the west side. Um, I think having that evacuation plan circulated and provided in Spanish and early notification and a solution for people who maybe their cell phones go out during a crisis is also something we need to tackle and we could do that in the short term. No, thank you for sharing those specifics. I'll tell you a fun, not fun story, but kind of a sad story. When Sue's this last few months ago, she mm -hmm. went to Palermo, uh, Palermo um, and we were talking one of the last times that she had a chance to share with us there. I asked her, Suze, what do you want me to do? You know, because yeah. I'm the guy, I just spent right up to her. Suze, give me a task. Give me something that you want, that you didn't do, that I can do. She says, fix Stanley exit. Yes. Get the Stanley Road thing done. I never had a chance to finalize it. I worked hard. 
that you know i think we all know off the highway 33 when you come off from ojai when you get off it's a really cattywampus mm-hmm. emerge so is that something high on your list yes most definitely i feel like that's a dangerous traffic situation in itself and it didn't do anything to alleviate our evacuation absolutely so maybe put that on your list too for me if you wouldn't mind doing a little chance for suits mm-hmm. which you brought our name up here Anything else on the agenda that you want to share with us right now? So far, we've talked about your great commitment to the community to get them involved ahead of the process. We've talked about you wanting to solve the housing crisis, which is a different conversation because, A, solving a crisis is hard, but I love your passion for that, you know, providing more housing options and opportunities for our community and the safety. Anything else on the agenda that we can share? Yeah, so touching a little bit on the economic development, you know, that's my number three priority. like I said earlier, we could be kind of that incubator area for sustainable tech and highly skilled training. I'm working on a program with WCDC, and that is, you know, vocational training, offering that. Um, what, you know, we have a site we're looking at, we're interested in the Avenue School. Um, if we could remediate that, make that a community facility where people can come in, whether it be um, business management, healthcare, culinary arts, construction trades, you know, whatever their passion is, we want them to have an opportunity to pursue that and then enter the workforce, preferably in our community, because we have a lot of businesses. And um, there's been a lot of interest in that, and I'm working very hard to get that done already. And I want to say everything that we've mentioned, you know, it doesn't go away with the election. Like, I'm going to continue working on these things. So it's not like, pick me or not. No, I'm literally, this is going to be my life. You know, I like that. If you could see your smile right now in studio, you would know that was a genuine comment as well because that gets into the motive, mm-hmm. right? The motivation. Why did you run for city council and why did you get that stoke fire? But yours is real. And that's why we bring people in studio to find out if that fire is real so people can deserve, you can deserve people's votes, right? And you can earn them as well. And that's what's so fun though. So thank you for saying that because you will get one vote. You mm-hmm. will get at least one vote. And someone will believe in you. And the fact that you know that whether you win or lose, that person doesn't care. They're believing in your agenda and your motive now. I had that similar passion going for for me after I think I got uh, 1,500 plus votes. uh, I was blown away. You know, it's going to make you feel really proud and uh, accomplished, win or lose. So thank you for kind of having that direction, understanding. Spence, have you ever ran for an election or a vote? I've never done anything like that. Like At a, all, not even close. When's the last competition you've been? Like a, a muscle man competition? Uh, probably the last competition I was in outside of the push-up thing and all that, but that was unorganized uh, or not organized. <laughs> it was organized but not organized. Probably, uh, seriously, um, the Highland Games all ah. those years ago was the last time I was in anything where we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Competitions for ratings in the mornings. I do that all the time. Yeah, you're so right. Competitions yeah. for listeners. I do that all the time. That's yeah, good. Because that's the deal. That's competitive. But that's my work. Uh, but just getting out there and saying, you know, I think I can take you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's no fight club. No. Nothing like that. So yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm away from all of this and somehow I should get involved. Oh, I know. But, you know, you're here with us sharing the Stokes. And so we appreciate that so much. And we saw you throwing the Frisbee out yesterday in the parking mm-hmm. lot. You were really getting competitive. <laughs> Chipper Bro stopped by. The Aloha Festival is this weekend. We will talk about this will drop tomorrow on Friday. So share away, Helen. Mm-hmm. And the Aloha Beach Festival is coming up this weekend at the fairgrounds. This is one thing I can do. You can Frisbee? I can whip a Frisbee. He can whip a Frisbee. <laughs> Not at the level of Chipper Bro, certainly. But I can, I can play catch. 
Absolutely, Spence. Let's share that stoke. Moving Ventura forward. We've been hanging out with Helen Aloyan, sharing her passion for the west side of Ventura. You know, these podcasts go fast, Helen. Mm-hmm. Here we are, 45 minutes in. Did you feel like you've been here for 45 minutes? No, it doesn't. That's crazy. Can it's, you speak Russian? Um, I can do a little words okay. here and there, but not really, no. Okay. Did, did the parents carry that at all? They can speak Russian. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. But do they, when they're looking at each other, do they drop into it and start talking? They usually just speak Armenian. Oh, okay. Yeah, they okay. speak Armenian okay, with me. It. I usually speak Armenian back. Um, usually. At what skill level Armenian? Are you um, pretty good? I can, yeah, I can, you know, conversational. I talk with my oh, grandma oh. in Armenian. And I like to practice with her. So. And this is one thing, I'll, I'll use the word, it is one thing if you've ever traveled to Europe or ever done anything like that, or the, and I will say foreigners who come here to live, who immigrate to the United States, usually two or three languages. Mm-hmm. It's the, another difference with us in the U.S. Helen, would you please invite me to have tacos on the avenue mm-hmm. in downtown Ventura in Armenian? Oh, yeah, sure. Right now. Oh, right now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a little early, but I'm, I'm down for a breakfast taco. It, it, in the language. But say it in the language. Say it in the language. It. Tacos? Yeah, invite me for tacos. Oh. In yeah. Armenian. Okay. Wow. Hmm. I don't know how to say it. I guess it's just tacos in Armenian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the native Armenian speakers might be like, that's a, that, that could be shorter, <laughs> Helen, but <laughs> that's what I'm giving you guys. Sounded good. I liked it. I'm digging it. We're sharing the stoke here in the studio. What a great episode we've had in 22. Hanging out with Helen, learning more about you, allowing you to share your stoke. This is the moment in the podcast we wrap it up. We give you maybe about one or two more minutes to think. I don't want to forget anything I said in there. So as I'm doing my little arm shakes here, looking and smiling <laughs> and winking at Spence, rack your uh, amazing knowledge of brain there and think about, is there anything else that you want to kind of tell our community as we wrap up episode 22? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, um, all of the candidates that are running are, are really looking out for everybody. And we all are, you know, working towards the same goal. And um, the last thing I would want to say is just please get involved as much as you can because it makes our life a lot easier when, when the people come forward and speak. And, um, you know, that's the, the sign of a healthy democracy with more people participating. And it's just so important that everyone gets out there. You know, when I went to school in high school, they didn't really teach civic engagement. So I wasn't sure on how to like address the mayor during my public comment and stuff like that. But I mean, I'm here for you as a resource. The West Side Community Council is here for you as a resource. I'm sure the other candidates are as well. So if there's any like kind of fear, concern or worry that, you know, it might not come out right, you know, we're available to help coach or um, get your comments together. And at the end of the day, I think even all the electeds are just happy to hear your voice. So um, regardless of how your comment is or what, you know, the decorum, um, we just want to hear your voice and I want to hear your voice. And I will be door knocking very soon and I'm going to be asking what issues you would like me to carry forward for you. And, you know, I'm going to take that with me and um, continue to work on our shared goals as a community. A young, inspiring leader describing the qualities of leadership in our community to make the people feel content, safe, healthy, and their way that they can share back. Thank you so much for sharing that. I got one more little question for her, Spence. Mm -hmm. She told me that Mm -hmm. somebody told her (laughs) not to come do this interview. Can you believe that? Cannot. Now, Helen, after coming into the studio with Ventura Forward, are you happy you came in, number one? 
And two, would you suggest that all the candidates that are running for city council come interview Ventura Forward? Yes, and yes. I'm very, very happy I came in. This was a very delightful experience, and everybody should come in because it's not scary and get your message out. And that's what we do here. We're so happy today that you came in to share with our followers, but please take this podcast, share it with your followers, share it with your voters, because this is a way that you can get out and give your message to somebody for 45 minutes that wants to hear you say, listen to the podcast and get back to me, yeah. you know? And so use this, share it. We love, we love the fact that you came in, you respected us. I got a lot of respect for you for coming in or building our friendship. Thank you so much for coming in today. Spence, what'd you think? All right, it's great. Stoked. Let's go. We're sharing that Stoke. Episode 22 is wrapping up with Helen Aloyan as she's going to put her best foot forward to win that District 1 City Council seat. We're going hot. What is the word? Stoke. Give me stoked. Mm -hmm. Something equivalent in Armenian. Is there such? Does that Um, translate at all? The Stoke. I don't know, actually. I'd have to check into that one. I hope that's unique to us. I mean, not to us, but us. (laughs) We will. We're going to wrap. Large scale us. We need to find out what the Armenian is to share the stoke because. Yeah. That might be like Shaji, like try or something. I don't know. But mm. mm, that means stoked is better coming out. Share the gusto. Share the feeling. Yeah. I'm going to call my mom on that one. (laughs) Mommy's getting a call two weeks in a row here on Ventura Forward. We're wrapping it up. Until next time, let's go.